0: So yeah, so I've been praying a lot about tonight, uh, what God wanted me to say to this incredible uh, group of people that He brings together every single year, and I've been thinking, well, we could have talked about the economy tonight, how it headed over the cliff like Wile E. Coyote some sometime earlier this year, but no, let's let's not talk about the economy. That's just going to bring us down. And I was thinking we could talk about like family dynamics with money, but no, let's let's not do that either. But then I was watching TV, and uh, I was watching uh, this this commercial that you just saw, this Charter commercial. And I saw that little thing that said, let it all in. And and then it really hit me that that's really what I want to say tonight. That the way we get God, the only way we really get the whole God thing is if we let it all in. We let it all in. If you're here for the first time tonight, we want to welcome you. Welcome you to this great body of people here. If you're downstairs in the lounge, we want to welcome you there. I actually accepted Christ into my heart in a lounge not too different from that. I like watching TV different than I do in live sometimes. If you're in the first couple of rows, we want to welcome you. Um, I'm sorry that you're craning your necks, uh, but at least we don't have any live animals. Um, Do you hear about this church in Florida that had a camel that fell on the first three rows? Do you hear about that? True story. True story. And I was going to give the title of my message, Don't Let the Camel Fall on You, but I decided not to do that tonight. And so we want to welcome those who are listening on podcasts from Broma, Sweden, and also Chennai, India. We welcome you to this, to this worship service tonight. Let's have a prayer. And what I want to talk about tonight, just for the next few minutes, is how we let it all in to our hearts. God, we thank you for this night. We thank you for this great celebration of your birth. And I pray that every heart who's here tonight, every heart that you would speak to each of us in the way that we need to be spoken to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So is it uh, just me, or has it been raining a lot lately? It's like, I never remember this much rain, but I do remember a lot of snow once, and it was a Christmas up in Idaho. Anyone ever been to Idaho? It snows like six feet in Boise, but then like up in the Sawtooths, it snowed like 16 feet, right? It was so much snow. For whatever reason, my parents thought it would be a good time to go camping that Christmas. I don't know why they decided that, but we went out camping, and we stayed in this cabin that was way, way up in the mountains. And the only heat in this cabin was, was a radiator. Remember those things, those things that you pump steam through? And now, we, we didn't know much about radiators, and so we turned it on, but all Christmas long, it just went clank, 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 until we read the, the little piece of note there at the bottom, and it said, if you want this to work turn it on all the way. So we turned it on all the way, and we get that beautiful disconcerting sound of that hiss that tells you that the radiator is working. Some things in our life, we have to let them all in in order for them to work. I've had a weird week. Anyone else have a really weird week? Um, My computer broke last week, just decided it was going to quit. And um, so I went to the tech guys in my life. Does anyone have any tech guys? And I love it when you talk to a tech person because you say, like, my computer's not working, and they go, <laughs> Did you turn it on? You know? <laughs> no, I didn't think of that. So, um, so I turned it on. And then he said, Well, what you need to do is download free software. You get free software into your computer. You need to download it. Have you ever downloaded any software? I said software free download? No, understand, right? He said, you're going to have to download the software. So I downloaded the software. It took like 17 hours, but finally my computer began to work again. Some things you actually have to like let it all in in order for it to work. I just want to get kind of a barometer of where you're at tonight. How many people here have what you would call totally open hearts with God right now? Like if you were live streaming God and your heart was a door, you would be totally, your door of your heart would be wide, wide open. Anyone here tonight? All right, let me ask you, how many people here are about halfway open and halfway shut? This is where my heart basically lives. Half open, half shut. Because I wouldn't want to throw the doors of my heart way open. That'd be real dangerous, right? All right, anyone here have kind of a heart that's, that's like just an open a crack, just a tiny crack, but you sort of feel like there's some life there? Anybody here have a heart that feels like it's just been deadbolted like 10 times over? And there's nothing, nothing getting in there. Anyone not know at all what I'm talking about? All right, that's fair. All right, I want to just, I don't want to spend a lot of time with this, but I want to talk about four kinds of hearts that there are. And uh, the Bible talks about these, but we're going to talk about them tonight. There are four kinds of hearts. There are open door hearts with God. Those are hearts that let it all in, all in. And these are hearts that tend to spend a lot of time with God. They're hearts that tend to volunteer. They tend to give. They tend to have good things happening because it's easy to have open hearts when you have a lot good happening in your life. And then there are hearts that are, we might call half open hearts. And as we talk about these, I want you to think about where your heart is tonight. Now, half open hearts are hearts that like they don't want to risk too much. And, and half is pretty good. And, and you can camp out at half for a long time so that's a half open heart. And then there's what we might call open a sliver heart. That's just a door that's open, a tiny crack. A lot of these people, a lot of people like this, I love people like this. They love God, but they just don't like Christians that much. Anybody here like that? And, uh, and they, or they've been hurt somewhere in their life, and they just don't want to throw the doors of their heart open. It's just too risky. And then, of course, the final heart is the heart that's just dead bolted shut. And those are the hearts that, that always push people away And they begin in a certain way, but they just are totally want to just push the whole world back. I want to talk about this tonight. I want you to think about where your heart is, and probably your heart is a mix of all four of these different places. The guy that we're going to talk about tonight is the earthly father of Jesus. His name is Joseph. Now, we don't talk about Joseph much on Christmas Eve. We always talk about Mary or the shepherds or the angels, but Joseph is like you know, the stepsister that always gets overlooked. But tonight I want to give Joseph some time because he's my favorite guy in this whole story. Now he's a guy, uh, except for the center of it, Jesus. (laughs) You're listening on podcast. Uh, So Joseph is a guy who has a heart that we might call half open. He's a righteous man. He's just going through life. His heart is half open. Then something happens to him in his life. He finds out that his wife-to-be is pregnant and not by him. And he decides that his heart has gone to a completely closed place. He has a dream. And then in that dream, God speaks to him and his heart opens up a tiny crack. Let's take a look at this story. It's an incredible story. If you don't have a a present for your kids tonight or need an extra present, we have free Bibles everywhere and we give them out. We've given thousands of these Bibles out. Listen for God's word. So this is how the birth of the Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. It's like an arranged marriage. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Any guy in this room is going to get this. You find out that the person that you love is going to have a child, and it isn't by you. And your heart goes from wherever it was to lock solid shut. Now, because Joseph was a righteous man, he decided to divorce her quietly. He wasn't going to make a big fuss about this. By the way, notice how Joseph pushes people away here. People whose hearts are closed push people away. But after that, the Lord considered, after this, he considered an angel of the Lord came to him in a dream. He has this dream. And in this dream, the angel says, Joseph, son of God, do not be afraid. Hearts that are closed are hearts that are afraid. And Joseph's heart is afraid. Maybe that's what you need to hear most of all tonight. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid about the economy. Don't be afraid about your marriage. Don't be afraid about anything. Do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife because she was, what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus. His name saves because he will save people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what was said through the Lord the prophet. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son. and His name will be Emmanuel. Emmanuel, that's actually the word. El is God. Emmanuel is with us. It's actually With Us God is his name. So Joseph wakes up. Now when he went to sleep, his heart was completely closed. But then he wakes up and his heart opens a tiny bit in sleep. It's when we can't control our lives in our sleep. And sometimes God speaks to us then. And then from that moment, Joseph wakes up. He does what the angel of the Lord commands him. And he takes Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to his son. And he gave him the name Jesus. saves. I love that story so much. Joseph didn't get it all. He didn't understand it all, but he decided to just stay with it, to just stick with it. And in that process, his heart begins to open. So I just love living in Paso Robles where I live. And we have two golf courses here, as you know. We have Hunter Ranch which is like the really nice golf course. And I live by the other one up here near the golf course. And i love that golf course uh it's just around the corner from my house um i went the other day it's the old army course in case you don't know the old camp roberts the old guys used to golf in that course i remember i went up to the guy recently and i said is there a pastor's discount here and he's like it's 16 dollars." and where are you a pastor i'm like it, it doesn't matter um so i took my daughter haley out the other night on this this walk on the golf course and it's just been so beautiful. And it began at dusk with like, you know, this beautiful sunset going down. And then the, the sun went down and immediately there was a moon. And it was just this huge, beautiful moon. And it was my daughter Haley and I, we were on this golf course and there's the great moon. And then this incredible thing happened. Four fawns stopped, four deer stopped right in the middle of the golf course. And they just stared at us. Now, we stopped and we looked at them for like 15 minutes. It was really a long time, but they didn't leave. Usually they leave. Now, usually my daughter and I, we go quickly around the golf course. That's our thing every night. Put her in a stroller and we head around the golf course every single night and come home. It's a quick walk. But this was like 15 minutes right there. Because when you stay, you actually get more stuff. And then I heard this incredible sound of these owl. This incredible hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo. It sounds like I'm making it up for a sermon, but it was all here. Trust me. And there was this great horn-rimmed owl up in the tree. And we waited another 20 minutes. And then, and then, I kid you not, there were these ducks. This flock of, gaggle of whatever they are. However you call ducks. But there were a bunch of them there. And they were there in this big, big lake. And they were just flying there in front of the moon. And we'd been there like half an hour. And this is the thing that got me. Is when you wait and hang in there you start to let more and more and more of it in. If you walk quickly around the course, you don't get a whole lot. So what I want to talk to tonight, to you about, just the moments that we have next, is how you open your heart. How you do that. How we move from either a closed heart to an open heart or just a sliver heart to an open heart or a halfway open heart to an open heart. Now I just want to give you a full warning that tonight's probably not the best night for you to do this. If you want to, it's fine. I'll pray with you after this worship service and it'd be wonderful. But usually Christmas Eve with all that's going on is not a good time for this to happen. But I want to walk you through the process because I want in the next couple of weeks or months for you to think about this. Because God wants you to have an open heart. Let's think about this. Number one, the most important thing is this. You've got to let it all out if you want to let it all in. So there's this little boy, he's writing a letter to God And he writes at the very beginning of it, Dear God, I've been good for the last three months and I want a lot of presents at Christmas. Well, then he realizes that's not true. And so he crosses out three months and then he writes, Dear God, I've been good for a whole month and I hope you give me a lot of presents at Christmas. Then he knows that's not right. So then he writes, Dear God, I've been good for two weeks and he knows that's not right. So then he goes up to the, 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 man, the manger scene, the nativity scene above the fireplace, and he gets the Virgin Mary, and he takes the Virgin Mary off the fireplace, and he goes back to the letter, and he says, Dear God, if you ever want to see your mother again, you're going to have to give me something. So I, I like that because it's actually a good example of what God wants us to do with our hearts. We want to begin what we would historically call by confessing to God. Dear God... I've been good or not good. Or this is what's happened to me for the last couple of months. And then you cross that out and you say, Dear God, actually this is the case of what's happening with me. That in order to let it all in, we have to let it all out. Now again, we call this confession, and if you come from a Catholic background, you think of this as just talking about all your bad stuff. But confession is a whole bunch of stuff. Let's look at a quick list. It's grief, it's crying, it's anger, it's a reality check. um, I've let it all out twice today. Now, important, not on other people. So I came down to the church. Just a funny thing. Last night was one of those nights. We had a wonderful worship service here, but there were like 16 things that went wrong. And a lot of it had to do with mistakes I'd made or whatever. And uh, so I was all upset about that. And then there were other things going on at home. And and then it's just been a hard year and uh, just a whole bunch of stuff going on. And so I told everyone I was going to come down here and practice my sermon but that's not what I was doing. I was letting it all out on God. I mean, I let God have it this afternoon. Now, I don't know what you're letting out on God was going to sound like, but mine was like this. So I could use some help down here because I can't do this thing by myself. <laughs> now, I'm not doing this thing by myself, but that's part of what I said to God this afternoon. And then I let it out a little bit earlier tonight when Caleb and the band were singing Joy to the World." Somebody sitting next to me said, are you okay? And I was. I was just letting it out on God. And sometime in the next couple of months, you've got to do that. And this is key. You cannot let it out on other people. This world is full of people who are letting it out on one another. So the true story, at Christmas 2009, there's this family in Texas who put Christmas, tree, Christmas lights on their house. They put lights on their house in a neighborhood that only allowed Christmas lights in December. It's one of these homeowners associations. So in January, when they left the lights up, the homeowners' association gave them a letter saying that they couldn't do this. In February, when the lights were still on, they sent another letter to this family. In April, in May, they sent more letters, and finally, they were about to send them a fine. Possibly, the law enforcement around to this family who still had their Christmas lights on their house. The president of the homeowners' association comes around and says, "Here's a letter." He's about to hand it to this uh, to this family who still has their lights on. When this guy pulls up in this old beat up car and he gets out with his army fatigues on and he has a backpack on his back and he walks up to the door and he rings the doorbell and this little girl says, hey daddy, welcome home. We left the Christmas lights for you in July. So we gotta be real careful as a community that we don't let our stuff out on other people. So that's number one. Number two is this. The biggest, probably most important thing about letting it all in is just being committed to the process. Just being committed to it. Are there any college students here tonight? Any college students? I'm going to tell you something that your parents are not going to like me saying to you, but this is what we're going to do. So I went to college, and I remember there were two kinds of kids. There were kids who left every single weekend to go home. They left every weekend. And then there were kids who stayed every weekend. That was me. Now, the kids who left every weekend to go home, they always came back on Monday and said, so what happened? And we're like, well, there was a football game, and then InterVarsity Christian Fellowship went on a walk in the woods, and then we did and did this. Ah, oh, I missed it. Yeah, you missed it. And that metaphor is what I think about when I think about the Christian walk. There are so many people who are missing out on so much. I mean, We love it if you're here tonight for the first time or if you maybe come Christmas, Easter, or a couple Sundays in between, but it's like you're missing out on so, so much. And you just pick up these pieces. You just pick up little pieces along the way. You know one of the things I love about Joseph most? He just stayed with Jesus. He just stayed. Did you know that he died when Jesus was 20? Jesus' ministry didn't begin until he was 30, so Joseph died before Jesus started giving sermons and teaching, but he stayed. He didn't really see the whole full Jesus that we see, but he just stayed with him. That's what God, I think, is asking us to do tonight, to open our hearts way up. And the last thing is this. It just takes a little bit of risk. Actually, no, it takes a lot of risk. It takes a lot of courage and risk to be able to say, here is my heart, and I've been hurt a lot. A guy said to me earlier, this... Uh, this evening, he said, "You know, when my heart started out in 2009, I had a way open heart. But then I lost my job and my family stuff, and I have a closed heart now. And to open our hearts again, we just have to have that amount of risk." I love this true story, depicted in the movie *Joey*. Know well, it's the story of uh, December the fourth, December 24th, 1914, World War One. The world was at war. Germany was at war with the West and France and the United States and Great Britain were all out, were fighting against the Germans, and it was just an awful, awful war. So in the trenches on December the 24th, that evening, this crazy Frenchman decides to do something. He decides to sing a Christmas carol in the trenches. Oh, come let us adore him. It's a really bad French accent, but there you go. But here's the part I love. In a trench just around the corner, there was a Scotsman. And true story, a Scotsman from Great Britain. And he hears the Frenchman singing, Oh, come let us adore him. And he sings, Oh, come let us adore him. It's a wee bit better accent. Here's the huge thing the Germans, whose accent I won't imitate, started to sing, Oh, come let us adore him. All of them left the trenches. And on that Christmas Eve, they risked. They risked their lives. They threw open their hearts. And God filled it with him. In a few moments, we're going to ask you to light a candle. And we want you to light a candle. And if you have a heart that's closed tonight, and full disclosure, we all have them at times, keep your candle close to your heart. And then if you are one of these people who has just a sliver of a heart open tonight, then keep it about chin level. And if your heart is halfway open, would you raise it a little higher? And if your heart is just live streaming God right now, would you lift your candle high? And then we are going to all lift our candles high together. Let's pray. God, we come to you tonight thanking you for all that you do. And every heart in this room we give you. You made them. You know how they work. We pray, Lord, that if there are closed hearts tonight, hearts bolted shut, that you would open them. If there are hearts that are seeking you that are just open, they would find you. God, I thank you so much for the half-open hearts that we have. Give us the courage to break those hinges free. Finally, Lord, thank you for open hearts, and we ask that you would help all of us move to that, to fully experience who you are as God. Pray this in the name of Jesus who came. Amen.